This is Cut Two Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm here with my co-host, Connor. Hello, hello, hello. Today we are joined by Dan Darty, the co-creator and former contributor to Not Yet Rated. Welcome to the show, Dan. Glad to be on here. Glad to be talking with movies about you guys. Talking movies with you guys. And we are glad to have you on as well. Uh, today we're going to talk about a little film. Everyone's making that joke. A little film. I mean, I'm kind of just upset you actually just made that. Well, I don't. I didn't have anything else to say about. Yeah, it. of course not. You have nothing original floating around that brain. Hey, I resent that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel's Ant Man that's out this weekend. Um, Connor, why don't you tell us a bit about the uh, Friday box office performance? I know it didn't make a, as much as Disney Marvel were hoping. Um, I think that the film. Hold on, I'm on my MacBook Air Pro. No, there's no such thing as a MacBook Air Pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minions made 14.6, Trainwreck made 10.7, and Ant-Man made 22.6. Thank you. Uh, it's only supposed to, they're expecting it to do, what, between 55 and 60 million this weekend? Early North American weekend projections is 60 to 65, Trainwreck oh, okay. 37. To no one cares about Trainwreck and Minions. Yeah. Huh? All right. Connor loves Amy Schumer. I don't love her, Jesus Christ. Hey, don't take the Lord's name in vain. I'll be dying of fire. <laughs> okay, wow. <clears throat> All right. Mm-hmm. Gonna bring it back in. Yes, yes. Um, wow, this show is already a mess. Um, so, I saw Ant-Man yesterday. I think we all saw Ant-Man yesterday. No, Dan saw it. I saw it, it uh, Thursday. You saw yeah. it Thursday, okay. Uh, well, I guess uh, we're gonna just talk about this movie like we're not even going to like there's spoilers obviously so if you haven't seen it yet yeah uh you may want to stop listening here until you have seen it if you don't care about spoilers by all means you know continue listening you know we won't lose any sleep over it um so yeah uh dan you're the guest why don't you start what did you think of ant-man I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, one of Marvel's better offerings recently. Like, I think, I think I put it as my maybe my third or fourth favorite out of all their movies. And I just thought that the action was great. The humor hit more than it usually does in some of these Marvel movies because the problem with most of them is that they force in the humor. This flowed much more naturally. And I thought that the origin story that they told in this one was really really neatly constructed and it it flowed really well the entire story just went and it hit all the right beats and it just really worked for me and i had a lot of fun yeah i would agree that that um you know, it's a very natural uh there's very natural comedic beats to it and i found myself you know laughing much more than i had expected because these sorts of you know comedies like adam mckay's films and it, certainly a peyton reed's like yes man mm-hmm. i i felt that they weren't I didn't the, the laughs weren't drawn out of me not just sort of like I had to like force myself to laugh at some of the jokes Connor would you agree with with that there's a you know, very natural comedic beat to this film I mean the jokes fit you know 
they fit what the story was, the tone of the film. I mean, my one of my big issues with the last Marvel offering, Age of Ultron, was some of the humor felt really out of place to me. And in this film, they, they kind of set the tone automatically right when it's Paul and Michael in the van as uh, Paul's gotten out of prison and the jokes start. They set the tone and they never really changed that tone. That's actually why I think I enjoyed this film a little bit more than I did. I thought the trailers were awful. I'm not even going to lie. And thinking about the film last night, I realized that a lot of the the takes they used in the trailers and the dialogue was not in the film. I never heard once, can, can, we, can I ask one thing? And Michael Douglas is like, what? And Paul's like, do we really have to call him Ant-Man? That was not in the film once. There's a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, of very grateful for that. Yes, yeah. there was a lot of cringeworthy dialogue that was in the trailers that weren't in this movie. So I think if you're on the fence, just know that Ant-Man isn't as unbalanced as its trailers were. Yeah. yeah I think they were trying to find a nice sort of balance with the trailer, but they never really they never really, uh, you know, figured that out. No. Um, yeah, I was just really surprised at how, you know, how lighthearted it was but also it was also it was also wow i can't speak today it was also sort of you know kind of you know heartwarming as well yeah um it's like i said you know it was much more funny it was much more hilarious than i I thought it would be but i found myself laughing at things that weren't supposed that i don't think were supposed to be you know funny um and that's sort of how comedy works with me like i i look when I watch films, sometimes I find things like even in a in a drama, the stuff that's not supposed to be funny, I just find it absolutely hilarious. Um, so, for instance, in Ant Man, uh, there's a scene where the ants deliver the shrunken down suit to Scott in jail, and they blow it up. Like, first off, how do you get the ants to blow up the suit? Like, the what? Like, what? And not blow it up with like a bomb, but I mean, just in terms of making it bigger so that Scott can get into it. But then he gets out. And he's like sitting on, he's 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 still small, and he's like on the curb, and Hank is talking to him in the helmet, and he's like, Scott, these are my associates. And I'm like, what? And I just lost my shit. Like no one else was laughing. I was the only person laughing. I'm like, this is because it's like he's looking, the camera's on him, and it's like Scott, these are my associates, and it cuts to a bunch of ants walking up to Scott Lang, carrying cameras. And one of them has a, a saddle on. I'm like, what? It was absolutely hilarious. And I laughed about it the entire way home. My sister, um, I took my little sister to see it. And I was just giggling all the way home. She's like, what is so funny? I'm like, nothing. Nothing. Because I don't think she would find the... Maybe she would, but, you know, I just thought, you know, it's one of those subtly funny things that, you know, that's just that's just mm-hmm. how comedy works for me. So mm-hmm. anything like that for you guys in the movie that wasn't supposed to be funny, but you found it just absolutely hilarious? Um, not that I could think of right off the top of my head. Oh. I'm yeah. sure that, that if I thought about it a long time, I'd my, think of something. My crowd actually was finding it more hilarious than I was. And I mean, I found it funny and I chuck, chuckled quite a bit, but my my crowd was eating this up. Maybe, maybe though, it's because I was surrounded by a sea of toddlers. Maybe <laughs> that has something to do with it. I mean, why would you bring toddlers to see? There's such, there's such strong i mean it's it's not strongly but it, i mean to oh, me please. it's kind of this know. is the kids of the new generation they hear shit when they're two years old yeah 
I mean, let's be real here. And shit is only, like, uttered three times in the movie. But then there's pussy. Oh, that's true. That was that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. I laughed at that. I, the, the Baskin-Robbins crap didn't fly with me at all. It just didn't connect with me. I thought it was... I was just like, okay, you could have picked any place to use this joke, and you picked Baskin Robbins. Orange Baskin Julius Robbins always finds out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the? F- I yeah. I thought that was funny just because he was such a huge fan. He's like, but I gotta fire you. I'm like, yeah. wow, what what a bait and switch. Wow. He's like, really? You're gonna you, thank you for like keep me. He's like, no, I have to fire you, man. I'm sorry. That was that was funny. Um, but let's talk about the supporting cast here. Um, for a moment because we did bring up the pussy joke and I and just reminded of um T.I.'s role um not the strongest I mean Michael Pena he was good but the other guys um are you kidding me Miss Lily was amazing I'm not talking just saying that the okay so let let me let me let me clarify Scott's little thievery group his little support yeah those guys yeah the Russian guy annoyed me not gonna lie, I could have done without him. Yeah. Yeah, I could have done done did away with him and Ti, because um, they they just really added. I mean, they were sort of funny when the act in the third act when they were actually doing the heist, but leading up to that, they were just sort of like there, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to I be there. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Evangeline, the, the rest of the supporting cast, uh, Corey Stoll. Even though I think he Lily. was personally wasted, but yeah, he was a, he was really underused and underdeveloped. I just was... I'm just like yeah. guys, you know, I, I just want to sit down, have some tea with Kevin and and everybody at Marvel, and just be like pat him on the the head and be like, guys, what's what's going on up there? Knock knock, where's where's the strong antagonist? Because once again, you gave us a throwaway villain portrayed um, by a great actor, and I just. I mean, he he had little moments to shine, like the that moment when he shrinks the guy into a puddle of ooze, wipes him up, and throws him in the toilet. Mm-hmm. That was a great, great scene, and yeah. it just showed how cold, calculus, and uncaring he was. And he just kind of disappeared for a while in the movie, and I I can understand why because it's it's focusing on Scott, and Hank, and and Hope, and. They're all trying to, you know, crack into the the facility, but he just disappeared, and then he comes back. He's in the suit, and he's out within fifteen minutes. And I just was just like, "Really, guys? Come on! You could have done something a little bit more with that character." I mean, I could agree, but like one thing that he did show was that a lot of people complained that some of the Marvel villains, particularly in uh, Avengers movies, that they're a bit too jokey and non-threatening, but. For when he's in the movie, he's threatening and he's not popping jokes every five seconds. So it shows that even though he's underused, Marvel can portray a villain seriously and give him a lot of serious, like, moments of being intimidating and a fierce presence. That's true. And if you pay close attention, something I liked that Corey added that I don't think was in the script was whenever he would get really mad at Hank, you could I, I saw tears in his eyes a little bit. Like, he was getting so angry because... I could I could really feel that this character looked up to Hank as a father figure. Mm-hmm. And so when Hank kind of just threw him away and didn't deem him worthy because of how much he wanted to find out this formula and how power hungry Hank saw he was, it really like tore him down. And I could whenever there was a scene with Hank and um, Cross interacting, 
I could really feel the just the rage inside of Corey and and kudos to him for delivering that. Again, I just wanted a little bit more. If they had given him a few more scenes, I feel like he would have been a more well, you know, well thought out villain. But honestly, and a lot of people will get mad at me for saying this, but I thought he was a lot more threatening than Ultron was. Sorry to say, I I find I found Yellow Jacket, even though he was underutilized, I found I found him a lot more threatening than Ultron. I would not disagree, even though I really liked Ultron. Yeah, I just gotta gotta cut down the jokes with the villains. I think if you want them to come across as frightening and actually be a threat, that's credible. But that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, Connor, I agree with you um, that Corey was definitely underused. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, the, uh, I liked his character and everything, and I love Corey still. He's a great, great actor. I love him in House of Cards and The Strain. Um, but I, I wish they would have explored the, um, the character of Darren Cross and the character of the Yellow Jacket, mm-hmm. because he's such an interesting character in the comics. He's Hank Pym. Um, he's like a split personality of Hank Pym um, that sort of drives him insane. Um, and I wish they have sort of... I, I, it, a little bit of that came out in, in Darren Cross, but I wish there was just a bit more of that. Um, yeah. So, uh, not not a great villain. Probably I would compare him to you know Obadiah Stane from yeah. uh, Iron mm-hmm. Man. I would agree. Yeah. Um. How about that Paul Rudd? I love Paul Rudd. He's a great, great comedian. Yeah, he's good Um, in this movie. He reminds me a lot of his character from um, I Love You, Man. Really? Yeah. Because I think you're full of shit. What? He uh he does a good job at leading the movie and he doesn't like force jokes down the whole audience's throat, which I was a little I was a little worried a bit. I, I can't speak either today. I was a little worried about that. Um, but he does a he does a fine job and he actually got me interested in seeing the character again in future movies. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I hope for the next one they 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 go and explore the quantum realm. Yes, absolutely. Um, find find Wasp. Go in there and find Wasp. Janet Van Dyne. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually something um you know cuz people obviously this was going to originally be made by Edgar Wright and uh, he left the project due to creative differences I guess Marvel wanted him to include more uh, connections to the yes. the MCU but he you know didn't want to do that so uh, they split um, and then Adam McKay and Paul Rudd rewrote the script and then Peyton Reed was brought on to direct um, he recently did an interview with Slash Film um, and one of the questions came up and it's you know what was left over from that original uh, project with Edgar Wright uh, and Joe Cornish, who had written the uh, script originally. Um, and people are saying that, like the whole thing where Michael Pena is telling you know Scott the whole the, the whole tips thing. It's like you know I heard this through the grapevine. Like they think yeah. that that's from Edgar Wright, but actually that was an idea brought uh, by Peyton Reed and Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they had added in the whole idea of the quantum realm, uh, and McKay had cited uh, the like the nineteen seventies uh, Marvel comics as sort of 
you use the word psychedelic, um, I can definitely see that uh, yeah. that influence in, in that yes, in that definitely. whole sequence. Um, but yeah, this was a surprisingly it was not a train wreck. Yes, and uh, as I, many I'm, had predicted it would be. I'm sure Marvel's very glad that they were just able to produce this movie. It's getting it's getting solid reviews and it's it's good. I mean, this could have easily been their first flop, but if this film proves anything, I think Marvel's in a very special place right now. I honestly think they are immune to doing bad. I feel well, like they have they have become so strong. They have well, be, critically they have, and financially. Well, no, no, I'm no. This kidding. is actually their second worst film but Caleb, so far financially about ant-man i know they but could, at this point they could make a two and a half hour movie about tony stark's assistant and it would open to 50 million like they are golden they can do anything right now yeah at least i think so so that's a very interesting place to be in in terms of a company they they have they can do anything no wonder they're making an in an inhumans movie now yeah. They, they can do anything. They can pull C-list heroes like Doctor Strange, and they know their fan base is there. They're, they're in an incredible place right now, and I'm sure studios like DC and Fox wish they were at that point. Yeah. Well, they'll get there. Fox, um, I don't think, will, but definitely um, DC, DC will, will, yes. will get there. Um, they're, they're actually starting there, I think. I mean, people don't like this uh, comparison to be made, but... The Suicide Squad is their Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel. Yes. In in terms of that, it's a very obscure team, not at all in the style of the film. Yes. Yeah. In the terms that it's a very obs- obscure team. Um, but I mean, it's it's interesting, and I'm sure I'm sure Marvel is very glad and 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 very proud of the response the film is getting as they should be i mean this has been in development hell forever and the fact that they pulled it off kudos to them i mean i didn't think the film was amazing i do have some issues with it and i think i really wasn't the target audience for this film but the fact that they made a film and it has a decent beginning middle and end and it all works and it all feels natural strangely more natural than age of ultron did yes i feel like marvel should be very happy right now Plus, word of mouth on this movie is going to catch fire because everyone I've talked to has said that who's seen it already said that they're going to tell all their friends to go see it who haven't seen it yet. So, yeah, yeah. this is going to do a lot of week to week box office business. I mean, it really doesn't have a lot of competition. I mean, nothing yeah. big is coming out until Mission Impossible. And I don't think, I honestly don't think Mission Impossible even is going to do that great because I was reading no. an article and unfortunately tracking for the new Mission Impossible film isn't doing so hot, which is a shame because I really liked Ghost Protocol. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing really big coming out. Not even next week. I think next week there's nothing except Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal, which, uh-huh. un- which unfortunately I'm hearing isn't that amazing yeah and i kind of i, I kind of got that vibe when they spoiled the character's fate in the trailer and yeah. i i was thinking oh they're really trying to sell this because it's probably not that amazing so yeah i i feel like ant-man will do well um i don't think it's going to do a huge huge numbers but it's definitely going to do well enough that people are going to be like wow marvel made a movie about a guy who can shrink to the size of an ant profitable and that's very interesting yeah. Smaller than an ant. Okay, Caleb, go fuck yourself. Watch your profanity. <laughs> um, what was your favorite part of the movie? 
Uh, maybe when the Thomas the Trank engine grew to huge size. I thought that was actually really funny. Yeah. That or the ant dog. That's a yeah. funny looking dog. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Uh, Dan, how about you? Uh, my favorite segment was when uh, Hank and Hopes told that told Scott that he had to infiltrate an old Stark facility, but it ended up being the new Avengers base, mm -hmm. and he got into the scuffle with Falcon. Mm -hmm. I would. That was my favorite part as well. Mm -hmm. it, that that's that's a really funny sequence. It's like he's expecting you know this old Stark thing, and then he's flying. First off, first off. Oh wait, he got there by airplane, right? Yes, yes. Okay, because I was like, I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, oh God, you're so stupid. Did he fly an ant? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. <clears throat> so anyway, he's like, Hank, you son of a bitch. I don't know why they got so upset that, they, that it was an Avengers facility. Now, I, I just don't get it. They're like, you're gonna die. I'm like, what? Where? What? But that was that, that was. A I great, got it. Great I'm sorry, scene. you did it. Um, and funny thing about that scene, it was actually written by uh, Stephen. Uh, Marcus and uh, Chris McFeely. I hope I got their names. I think wow. I mixed them up. That's really interesting. The writers of Captain America, what? First Avenger, wow. uh, The Winter Soldier, and uh, wow. Infinity oh War. Jamie Are Rogers. They've been announced like three times, and you and Jamie have the running <laughs> joke. About yes, them. yes. Oh my god. Marcus my and McFeely. I think my favorite emotional scene though is when. Uh, Hank finally revealed to Hope just how her mother, you know, met her fate. Yeah. That was probably my favorite scene. God, I love, I love that. Ugh, Hope was amazing in this movie. I love her. Yeah, she was good. I want to see her character in future films. Her mid credit mm -hmm. sequence is just perfect. Yep. Because it, it's just the, the scripting of it. It's like, you know, when she says it's about damn time. It's like, yes, it's about damn time that your father has finally like told you, you know, about your mother and and about, you know, their past. But it's also about damn time that we get the wasp in this cinematic universe. You mm -hmm. know? It's yeah. very important. Um, because she was a founding member of the Avengers, for those who, who don't know. Yep. Um so I guess, you know, this is definitely a huge spoiler. It's not shot for Ant-Man, but the second uh, mid credit sequence uh, is a scene from Civil War. What? Yes. Uh, it's pulled straight from, as Kevin Feige said, he was looking at dailies, and he said, oh, this has to be the, uh, the stinger for Ant-Man. Um, it's, it's Captain America... Falcon, Bucky, and Bucky, they're in some sort of basement, and Bucky's like got his robotic arm stuck in a machine or it's a magnet or something, and then it's like Captain and Captain America and Falcon are talking about what they should do with him, and they there's talk. It's like should I call Tony and Stephen and uh, I'm sorry, Falcon's like no, the Accords won't help. Um, but I know a guy, and then it cuts to the uh, the Ant-Man will return card. So obviously that's talking about um, bringing Ant-Man into Civil War. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what is your analysis of that scene? Like, what 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 does it mean? What does he mean by you know the Accords won't help? But um, I know a guy. 
I think it has to do with the Superhero Registration Act and how if they go to uh, if they go to people saying they found Bucky, then they're going to make him register and they're going to make them register. Which, since Captain America is a proponent of being on the anti-registration side, he obviously doesn't want to do it, so he doesn't know what to do. And then I'm not sure what Falcon would mean by the fact that he would bring in Ant-Man. I don't know what Ant-Man would do to help, but I guess we'll see in the movie next year. Yes. 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 Yeah, it was a very confusing scene because I actually had a hard time hearing. I had to read um, some people's transcripts on mm, on the internet wow. about it. You, you getting deaf or something? No, it was... It's kind of hard to hear. Oh, okay. That's but fun. you didn't stay for it, so you have no room to talk. No, because I have a life, and I'm not going to sit eight minutes in the theater. <sighs> Listen. You're unbearable, Connor. I had to get out of there, man. The toddlers would have swarmed me alive. I think they were leaving. No, they weren't. There was a lot of people staying with their kids, because they all apparently, you know, mid and end credit scenes are so such a daily occurrence in movies now they were all staying because i got up and i was like one of five people leaving yeah i also didn't like how they ended this movie can i say that real quick i was just okay. like oh i was just like oh okay but yeah, let's talk about that forced romance uh, of what of who uh scott and and what? And, and hope well, I mean, was... It wasn't really forced because they didn't bring it in until the end scene. It's Thank not you, like... Dan. God, it's isn't not Caleb like in, uh... an idiot? Jesus. It's not like in uh, Thor movies when they force Thor and Jane Foster to interact the entire time and they have no chemistry. They didn't bring in the romance until the, one of the very last scenes. Yeah, I'm not I thought say it was forced cause... because of the fact that it wasn't brought in until the very end. I mean, oh, yes, there was. They were. They were. It was a friendly working mm -hmm. relationship. Oh, they, they, they planted those seeds in the middle of the movie when they were giving each other those looks, especially after the car scene. Yep. Ugh. See, Dan and me get it. You're just pff, stupid. Well, excuse me Dumb. for having an opinion. God. Okay. Well. You can't have an opinion. This is the internet. That that line uh, Scott has, he's like, God, Hope. That was weird. And he walks away. I thought that was hilarious. That it was. was. Really... And then Hank goes, you're full of shit, Scott. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I want to see them as a couple now. Please oh, and and that Spider-Man reference that was weak sauce. Oh, that was weak. I, I was yeah. talking, I was talking to Caleb, and I'm like, why didn't Darren Cross just drop an Oscorp? Like that's what I, that's what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. That's really what I was expecting. That would have been so much better. I'm gonna sell the Yellow Jacket technology to Oscorp, or I thought maybe um, uh, Martin Donovan's character, who turned out to be a, a uh, emissary of Hydra. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to turn out to be maybe like, you know, Norman Osborn or something. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. But they probably don't want to go that far just yet. They're probably really waiting for this Spider-Man universe to, you know, start being thrown into the universe in Civil War. I mean, apparently Aunt May's going to cameo in Civil War, so obviously they're waiting for a few things. Everyone so, and their mother is going to cameo in Civil War. Uh, apparently. Apparently. Except Thor. Uh, uh, yeah. Womp womp. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's rate. You guys want to do a rating uh, sure. out of five, Connor? Out of none five? of you. Yeah, out of, out of five, and Connor, none of your funny okay. business. All right. A three point seven two five out of out of five. There you go. Okay. Well, it's a decimal rate. Whatever. Great. No, I, I'll give it uh, a three and a half out of five stars. Okay, Dan. <laughs> I, I'd go uh, four and a half. Okay. Um, I would give it uh, 
three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half, yeah. Um, while not the strongest, it was still quite enjoyable and just managed to, uh, to grasp one a couple bars above train wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't a total train wreck, almost a train wreck. Definitely not. It's definitely not a train wreck. Mm-hmm. It was close to being one though. Very very close. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of train wrecks, Connor, you saw train wreck. I did. Uh, starring Bill Hader, who I would cast as Dr. Emmett Brown in my Back mm-hmm. to the Future remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. the unfunny uh, mm-hmm. Lisa Lampanelli light. Lisa Lampanelli is also not funny. Okay. She's so, hilarious. Uh, you just love your Jewish women, don't you? God, you're insufferable, you oh. twat. Anyway... The movie was very funny. Caleb's an ass-mad baby, and I had a delightful time at the movies with my friend. Oh, thank you for that. Would you say people should go to the movies to see it or wait till it comes to HBO or Redbox? Depends on your on your type of humor. If you don't like really raunchy humor and you don't like to see John Cena Schumer, no, thank you. It's probably not going to be your type of movie. Okay, yeah. So it's very vulgar. It is very vulgar. You probably wouldn't want to take your grandmother to see it. Nah. Okay. Unless your grandmother's a raunchy woman herself. Mm-hmm. Well, hello there. Uh- <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, thank you, Connor, for that. Oh, let's. how about your rating out of five for Trainwreck? I'd probably give it a four out of five. Yeah, it was really funny. Oh. Yeah. Funnier than a- Ant-Man? Funnier, funnier than, than Scott? A- these are my associates. Funnier than even Spy <laughs> earlier this year with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. It was really funny. All right. I know you don't like the chick, but I got to I gotta give credit where it's due. All right. That's fair. And I actually forgot to mention something about Ant-Man. Uh, the de-aging they did for Michael oh, Douglas. Oh, my God. Yeah, it looked excellent. Except so for good. one shot. Shot. Yep. It was like I was looking at Gordon Gecko uh, from Wall Street. Like I could not believe it. Like if only Disney had waited to make Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. That was I, that was really my only problem with Tron Legacy that they didn't perfect that D eight. I mean, it was really close. It was really close. But it still but, looked very just plasticky. But this was like this and Terminator Genesis was legit. It's like you're looking at. You're looking at it's photorealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's just like wow. So yeah, congrats to them. You know, wow, wow. Technology, it. man. Uh-huh. Crazy, crazy. Pat Caleb on the head so we can shut up. Shut up. All right. <laughs> um, I asked uh, listeners uh, on Twitter to submit some questions uh, for this episode. Uh, I think I want to start a new segment called uh, Audience Q&A where our listeners will ask us questions and we will answer them. Uh, for this episode, I got a lot of questions. I was really surprised. So thank you to everyone who submitted. Uh, we got a couple. Uh, I picked a few to uh, to share and we will answer them. Uh, first up, we have a question from uh, at... Devin Sabanur. Uh, it's Devin Meenan. 
on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, he asks, if and when do you think superhero films will decline in popularity? Wow, what an original ant question. <laughs> Man, I don't know. When a movie is, is made that's a superhero movie that's as bad as Batman and Robin, I don't know. Yeah, when they stop being good and when they stop bringing in the crowds, that's when. Like, duh, Devin. <laughs> Basic. What is your problem? <laughs> I think... I'm I, just being sassy this this afternoon. I think we're entering a, a golden age, you know, the comic book movie. Oh, especially um, the next few years, absolutely. Yes, so yeah. I don't see it declining in popularity anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Probably within the next I don't 10 know if we're going to still be doing this in 2030, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, even though Marvel does have a plan until 2021... I think 2028. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Then, wow. Then they're going to reboot everything and start anew. And that's just going to be the process. Is the, the world still going to be here in 2028? I mean, come on. California, <laughs> California is suffering from an epic drought. Okay. I, any day, any day now, a major earthquake is going to just separate California from, well, yeah, Marvel's done and DC. Sorry. No more comic book movies. Um, okay, our next question comes from Jasper Kresde Hyde at Jasper underscore CH. He asks, what kind of experience have you had with movies and talking about them online growing up, and what got you into it? What got me into being interested in movies and talking mm-hmm. about it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, I have a very uh, fond memory of me watching the original 1933 King Kong when I was about five years old. And I knew right there and then that there was something magical about film that I really wanted to explore. Uh, And I wanted to initially be a director, but around uh, my first or second semester of college, I was taking English classes and I realized I love writing because I was the only person in my class who is like really interested in writing about Shakespeare. And so I realized if I can take my passion of writing and mix it with my passion of film, that would be really cool, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm a communications major with uh, a concentration in uh, print and digital media broadcast journalism. Dan, how about you? Uh, I think what got me into movies was when I was about nine years old, and I went to see The Dark Knight at a drive-in theater, and after that, movies were like the greatest thing ever. And... That was, that's when I really got into movies. When I got into talking about movies with people was around 2012 when I uh, saw Dark Knight Rises and I got on the internet and I saw that people were having a lot of differing opinions. So I would go to like forums and I'd discuss what I did and didn't like about the movie with people. Okay. That's fair. That's cool. Um, yeah, I have a similar story. Uh, like I got into film at a young age. Uh, inspired by you know steven spielberg jurassic park oh, you know course, stuff yeah. i wanted to find out you know how yeah, how the movies were made um i started talking about film uh you know at uh at school i was uh on the morning announcements we televised the announcements and i had my own like uh film critic segment on fridays um so i would you know do my reviews which you can see on uh a certain uh internet uh, website i'm not going to tell you about that um and just talking about film online i was uh hired to write at movieviral.com in 2011 uh, r.i.p movie viral yes um and i've just been doing it ever since what a great 
what a great place to write for yes it. yes and just safer yes it's, um it's it was an absolute tree connor wrote yeah. there for like a max of what three months and then it yeah was sold to, it, yeah unfortunately i was brought on right when it was about to just crash into the wall yes um jasper also sends us a uh dan specific this one's for you dan um he wants to know why are you called flex luther are you super built uh, do you flex your muscles it's a very I interesting question super built i am not super built i do not flex my muscles i just think it is a great name pun and lex luther is my favorite villain and I am just so excited to see him in Batman vs Superman that I felt like the username change was inevitable. And for those of you who don't know, Dan changes his username like what every week. Like I change nope. boxer briefs. Like so you keep crazy. You you keep this one this time, Dan. Well, I've had the last one I had. I had for about three months, and before that was uh, I had for about four months. I don't change all the time. It was. Uh, I think you need to need to cut the kids some slack, Caleb, because you're being really triggering. And no, I'm not. Trigger, am I? Am I trigger, triggering you? Trigger. I'm. I'm really triggered, and honestly, quite okay. No one cares right about now. you. I might have to post something on Tumblr later. Just, just FYI. Oh, okay. What? Cutting myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Adam. Adam Kaz. Uh, Last he, question. Yes, uh, let, there's a, just a couple here that I, he sent. He sent a lot of thank you, Adam. You sent a lot of really great questions. Thank you. Adam. Um, first off, uh, he he asks, does the Spider-Man reference in Ant-Man mean that they have been watching Peter without his knowledge? Um, what do you guys maybe. think? I don't, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, I don't think anyone's been watching him. I mean, that's really the, the, the woman who who they talk to is a newspaper reporter, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, like Gorilla style. And um, so I don't think anyone's been watching him, per se, but they definitely heard. know about him. And now that he's on Falcons, you know, they're now that he's... he Now he's been probably being watched by the new Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. because um, yes. that information was given to Falcon. Um, so that's that... Um, Adam would also like to know what is your movie going routine and what's your theater of choice Dan why don't you take that one okay um, movie going routine mm-hmm. so like when do you go to the movies and you know do you get popcorn drinks and while you're there and stuff I generally go as early as I can to see a movie that I'm really looking forward to but if it's and I go on like the Thursday or the Friday. I don't get snacks or drinks because I don't want to have to leave the theater to use the bathroom and miss any of the movie. And but if it's a movie that I'm not super excited for and I'm just gonna go see to see it, I go on Tuesday because at Showcase, which is my theater of choice, uh, it's only seven dollars for a ticket. Oh, okay, well, that's cheap. Yeah, that's cheap. That's cool. Connor, what's your movie going routine? Um. I really don't have one. I just go and see a movie. I, I have three main theaters around my area. Cinemark, Star Cinema Grill, which is like a very small venue. Uh, little theaters. They wait on you. They, you get free meals, uh, craft beer, etc. And then we have AMC, of course. I haven't gone to AMC in a while. I usually pick Cinemark or Star Cinema because they're close. Okay. Uh, and I do get snacks. Uh, but 
nothing like outrageous. Like I see people with these huge popcorns and I'm like, you guys have diabetes. I hope you realize that. Oh. I get like a small popcorn and maybe like a slushy. And then if I go to Star Cinema, I'll like go get like chicken or a nice, um, they have these yummy, yummy like mozzarella sticks. And then I'll get like a beer or something if it's like Thursday or Friday night and I'm seeing something. Okay. Yeah, I don't order a beer at like eleven in the afternoon. I'm not. I'm not an alcoholic. Eleven yet, in the so morning. I'm still working on that, but it's, it's, it's a work in process. Working on becoming an alcoholic. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. We have to put something on Tumblr about that later on. <laughs> Do whatever makes you happy. Exactly. <laughs> um, I have a routine. I go. I usually go to the movies with my friends on uh, between. Friday and Saturday. Um, sometimes we'll do like a Friday night show or Saturday morning show. Um, it also depends on the movie that's out. So if a movie that's being shown, like Interstellar, we went to one of the uh, huge uh, seven-story uh, Smithsonian IMAX theaters and saw it there. Um, so I, I'm always, you know, since I know this stuff, like I'm always telling them, you know, the best way to see the movie. Um, and so that's one of our one of our theaters of choices are the Smithsonian's IMAX theaters. Um, also, we have um, we go to AMC a lot. Um, we just got a renovated AMC with like leather recliners, and those are really nice. And they now have um, the Coke freestyle machines, which have like a billion flavors of Coke products. So like you can mix like cherry and vanilla Coke, which is absolutely delicious. By the way, wow. Um, but I don't. I don't usually get drinks because you pay twenty dollars for a movie ticket, and then you go to the concession stand another twenty dollars for a large popcorn and a large drink. I think that's absolutely outrageous. I mean, popcorn's the cheapest thing going these days. Um, so yeah, um, that's my going my movie going routine. Uh, last question, um, again from Adam: What music icon would you make a biopic movie Jeez, about, what? and why? I don't know. There, there's been so much already. Uh, I'd, I'd have to say, wait ten years to see what icons that are relevant right now are still popular and relevant. Okay. Um, because I don't. I really don't know. I mean, there's been so many biopics about artists already. I don't. I don't know. Whitney Houston maybe comes to my mind. I don't oh, know. okay. Dan. Uh, I think. Uh, I, this isn't my original idea, but I really like, I read this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but they said, uh, a Bob Dylan biopic and have Ezra Miller playing. Oh, I could get into that. I could. And I thought that was a really good idea. I think I it could, was, uh, yeah. I think it was Nicholas Smith on Twitter. Oh, I could get into that. Oh, That's okay. an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily make a biopic, but like a documentary, um, uh, about uh, the 1975 would happen to be my favorite band. Um, I'd like to, you know, explore their early, their early days leading up to the release of their de- stop doing that, Connor. Oh, I'm sorry. Leading up to the release of their debut album called the 1975, um, and really focus on some songs from their EPs and go back to their days because they switched, they changed names a lot. Um, they were like the Big Sleep, uh, dr- uh, Drive Like I Do. Um, and they also changed uh, musical styles. So like, I think they started as like punk and did a, some screaming, and now they're like a they're not a pop band, but you know some of their music off off of their album the night sounds like pop. So um, I think it'd be an interesting uh, thing, you know, to interview all those guys and 
just you know find out their story um that's not yeah, already that. out there yeah um looking forward to the next album uh so I think I think they're rude for skipping a DC on their uh, upcoming winter tour where they'll play some new music from the album. But uh, yeah, so thank you all. Uh, thank you to the guys who submitted questions. Um, but this is the end of Cut to Podcast. I'd like to thank our guest Dan Darty for coming on today. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you for having me. I yeah. enjoyed being on. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to have you on again. This was great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can follow Dan on Twitter at FlexLuther underscore. Yep. Um, and Flex is in all caps, but I don't think Twitter uh, cares about that. Um, you can follow Connor at Connor Film and myself at Caleb H92. Um, I'm going to say this week again, um, we have a. Uh, survey which you can find the link to on our soundcloud page there are two links one for a long version of the survey one for a short version this is an audience uh participation survey so it's basically going to ask you um some demographic information uh you know age uh you know how you listen to the show what you like about the show what you don't like about the show um so we really appreciate your feedback We've got some good feedback so far, but we'd like a lot more because we want to make this show better for you, the listeners. So if you could really help us out, help you out, um, just go on and take that survey. It's on our SoundCloud page. You can find the links uh, to our uh, Facebook on there as well. Uh, You can find us on there. uh, Just search Cut to Podcast. Give us a like. Also, we're on iTunes, uh, and you can subscribe to us to get every week's episode downloaded automatically to your iPod, iPhone, uh, Mac and PC. Uh, Just hit that subscribe button. It's free. You don't have to pay. Um, So thank you uh, once again for listening. This has been Cut to Podcast. We will see you next time.